subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, if you go to the URL didduquin.com, there's a big fat no right there. 80-75 to 75 the final last night, man. Uh, I'm just glad that you're on with us this morning. You and Z didn't get trampled in the, uh, <laughs> in the chaos last night. Yeah, it was interesting. It was fun. I mean, I knew they were coming. We were talking before the ball game. Um, you know, the people already had a plan for how they were going to, you know, try to just protect the people on the scores table not that we necessarily need protecting but um you know, there's a lot of equipment down there things like that they did a good job i mean it um at one point i did think the the, the table was about to give way on our side <laughs> but um they got everybody off it and it was all right i mean it was yeah. fun hey you could see you know as now, you know, Duke put a little more scary, but Arkansas had that 14-point lead with just under nine minutes to go, and they held that lead pretty good inside five, and then Arkansas had trouble breaking the press there for a while. So, you, you, you know, the students started to, to move around on the concourse and, and occupy the aisles at the corners, and uh, you could tell with about two or three minutes to go, you, I mean, everybody knew what was getting ready to happen if, uh, if that game went the way it ended up going. And they actually, down there on uh, Gucci Row, they got the chairs spread out, you know, to kind of create a tunnel because everybody knew they were coming. And, you know, if you've got rows of chairs, double rows of chairs now on that side of the floor, all it's going to do is create a safety hazard. So they were smart, and they got as many of the chairs out of the way as they could. And, man, here they came. I mean, right at the end, you yeah. could, you, you could feel them coming. It wasn't – they didn't come from all four corners this time the way they did when uh, the Razorbacks beat Auburn. But by the end of it, there were as many people on the floor as there were then. Yeah, 80-75, to 75, the Hogs win by five. What what you think of the game? Well, I thought it was a competitive game. Right? It wasn't always the best played game. You know, there wasn't a, you know, neither side in terms of their shooting percentage in the first half was all that good. Now, I thought Arkansas in the second half, there was a good period of time in the second half where they were up around 70%. And they ended up shooting 61% for the second half. So uh, they had 10 blocks. I think between the blocks and the steals, they had 15. And um, they did a nice job in that area. I thought the difference in the ball game, guys, was there was a stretch. Chuck, you may know the, the minutes, but it was probably in that middle section of the second half where Arkansas had five or six trips in a row. They, they put the ball in the hole. And seven straight. Seven, seven straight. It was seven straight. Okay, I, you know, I was, I was watching. I, I knew you'd probably know how many, but that was that was the ball game, and that built the cushion that they needed to hold on at the end when they had trouble with the press. Uh, they'd built that cushion on those seven trips. Well, they were. I mean, they were executing at a really high level. Yeah, they were in, in the uh, in the half court there. Now, you know, there's been a time or two this year where. The pressure in the backcourt's gotten to them. And, and I thought last night, 
uh, more than once. I mean, Duke did a good job. You got to give Duke credit. Sure. I mean, they did a good job of trapping in the corner. And, you know, Ellis is not the biggest guy. And uh, they were trying to throw over that trap, sometimes with more success than others. But, um, you know, I just thought they competed. And that was the thing that uh, they did build the lead. There's no doubt about that. But I still think they showed poise down the stretch. They made their free throws. This team's top ten in the country at getting to the line, top ten in the country and making them. Uh, and and, and that's, that's going to win you ball games like last night's. Yeah, 30 free throws. Duke had a lot of those fouls down the stretch. Didn't shoot it probably at the degree that Musk wants it. But what I was most impressed with is of their 26 field goals, 17 of those were assists. And if you buy comparison in the Bahamas, they had 19 assists over the course of three games and 17 last night. They passed the ball more like we've seen and really like, like the Purdue game earlier at, point, at points this season than they had really not just in, in the Bahamas, but lately these last couple weeks. Well, that's part of bringing new guys together. You know, uh, that, and now they've got to develop some consistency there. They, they've always been willing passers. You know, it's it's it it's not like they've. Uh, I think the one half they had ninety nine passes and one assist, which is just incredible. Um, so I mean, they're willing to share the ball, and now we're seeing some flow to the offense. And I just thought it was a great performance last night. Duke's kind of like a lot of teams right now, even the good ones. There's still a lot of work to do there. There's a lot of work left to do for Duke, and there's a lot of work left to do for Arkansas. But um, it was great to win last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, the North Carolina loss looks a little better considering what happened with North Carolina and Tennessee. And it was an eight-point win for uh, for the Tar Heels. But if you watched much of that game, you you know, they had North or Tennessee down handily in the first half. So you, maybe you come away also in the kind of the, the broader perspective of what happened last night in this ACC SEC challenge feeling a little bit better at least about that final loss in the Bahamas well I think every game's different every game takes on its own identity I do think North Carolina's best team I've seen so far and it's certainly a small sample size uh, but they uh, they look like a really really good basketball team they're better than 17th in the country I can tell you that yeah but but, but you know here's here's the thing I, I mean we're gonna get into conference play and we've talked about this before. You can't let a moment like last night be the defining point of your season. Um, and, for example, the way North Carolina, we're talking about them, the way they're playing right now, they can't let this be their high point. Um, this stuff's fun this time of year. It's fun to rush the floor. It's fun to beat Duke. I mean, you don't get to do that every day. Uh, but, 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 you know, teams are still going to be exposed when we get into conference play, not just in our league. But in every league. But right now, North Carolina is playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. If you want to call our Texas, you can do so on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, 877-377-6963. Andy in Mountain Home text in, does this win mean we're not going to talk about Bobby Petrino today? <laughs> well, even even last night, uh, there was Bobby Petrino chants. There was T-shirts. Uh, there was conversations I had at the, the media table. And, her, and I, I talked to some other fans that I saw about that. Uh, even in a big, big basketball win, he was still very much in the conversation last night. He was, and I know a lot of people expected him to be introduced last night. Um, last night was about knowing Richardson and our basketball program and the history that we have, albeit brief but big, uh, with Duke. Um, you know, respectfully to all of our football coaches, 
Nolan Richardson is the coach who won it all. Um, he was in the house last night for the first time in a while. And, you know, it was Coach Richardson's night. And that certainly, I can tell you among the, uh, you know, the basketball people, that was really important uh, that Coach Richardson was in the house last night and, and, and to treat him with that kind of respect because he certainly earned it. Um, there will be a time when he's introduced, and I think it might even be next week. But um, last night, he certainly was as much a part of the conversation as anything um, until people rush the floor. Yeah, I guess the uh, press conference is later on at 3 o'clock today. And right. Maybe there's more of a public appearance than that. But you mentioned Coach Richardson, so he was there. Scotty Thurman was there, your former broadcast partner, Chuck. Uh, you had Daryl Walker uh, was there. And I would guess those are probably not the only former that players. Beck was there, I think. I saw Inksco. And, and, you know, there's there's lots of former players that comes to get, that uh, come to games. Um, we just don't always see them because sometimes it's, it's, you know, they come so often and they're not really concerned if they get recognized or not. Um, but we got a lot of guys that come to those games. And I just thought last night when I looked around and, you know, when I saw Daryl walk across the floor, um, you know, I know that, I mean, he's got his own job. He's got his own team. He's got the Little Rock, and, he had the Little Rock uh, sweatsuit you know, on. So, yeah. um, for all of them to be there kind of tells you what kind of night it was in terms of our program. Well, you know, Ty, you and Phil used to do a, a, a FOMO segment, you know, fear of missing out. That that was a, a FOMO moment. You did, you had a fear that exactly the way that night played out last night, that, you know, if Arkansas wins, you wanted to be there. You wanted to have the pictures. You wanted to have the memories. And, uh, you know, I, I thought there was uh, probably a lot, of, a lot of FOMO going into that game last night that paid off for everybody. Well, and yeah, I think it was one of those nights. You knew going in there was the potential for it to be, you know, something you remember. What I hope, I mean, I really do, and, and, and look, it was fun last night, and if I was a kid, I'd want to rush the floor too. But, um, we, you know, we need to get back to the point where beating number seven is not a reason to rush the floor. But Duke's not a team that comes to, to your campus every day if you're in the Southeastern Conference. And um, so that um, – you know, that made it a special night, too. Yeah, Tommy mentioned, like, the Kentucky. You get them at least every other year. Alabama pretty much the same way. Duke, you just don't know. But I'm with you. I mean, we it's a two-stupid Thursday. The fact that they rushed the court last night. I mean, Arkansas is, again, you got a 3-2 and two all-time record against these guys. You've been to three straight Sweet 16s. And you've got one of the best basketball programs right now and the hottest in recruiting and in college basketball. There was no need. And Tommy mentioned earlier, he's right. I mean, you want the pictures, you want the story, but there was no need. This was this was a student-led court storming. Well, and this is about social media now. That's what a lot of this is about, and you know, that's one of the things that my generation probably needs to remember is that this is not always. It's like, my gosh, we beat a top ten team. We got to rush the floor. It's not that. It's, hey, we're going to rush the floor. Make sure you got your phone charged up. we got to get this stuff on Instagram. And, and that's what a lot of this is about. Jimbo from Stamps touched in on the McCarty Dinner Hotline. He says, Ty, you're just mad because you couldn't get on the court with them. Leave the kids alone. No, I, I've, I've, the Auburn game, I think, was different. This game, I was like, they're going to rush the court, and this is. Well, I knew they were going to rush the floor if we won. I didn't have yeah. any doubt. That was just the, the setup at that point in time. But either way, you won the basketball game, and you won it in a defining fashion. A lot of uh, – Bill has said this before the game. I mean, Chuck, you've been a part of some great atmospheres. 
Bill was on the television broadcast, and he said, this is the loudest atmosphere I've ever heard pre-tip. I listened to you and Z on the way in. I mean, Tommy was there 30, 35 minutes before. I'm listening about 20, 25, and you're like, man, it's a full house, yeah, and a it's lot of people well before the game. Last night was the first time since the 90s it was like the 90s. We've acted like some of these other ball games. Man, it's just like old times. No, it wasn't. It was close. It was close. Even that Auburn game was close, but it was not like it was back in the 90s in terms of a packed house. Last night was a packed house. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were pockets here and there in the Auburn game and the Kentucky game when I could look up and I could tell you where people weren't sitting. We had a hard time last night. I mean, you had a hard time finding pockets last yeah. night. and That was a legit crowd, a legit full house. And it was like old times last night. Now, you're right, and I was telling Ty earlier, I, if, I, if I drew a line from where you sit to my seat, I'm on the second row of the upper deck, I mean, almost almost right behind where you sit at the scores table. And I can see two of the four upper deck corners with no problem. I've been there for Kentucky. was there for Alabama last year. Great crowds, but upper deck corners, top rows of the upper deck end zones, not full. Last night, there was a butt in every seat wherever you looked around that arena. So you're exactly right. It was like old times because they may announce 19,200 or last night 20,003, but not every seat was full. Last night, I was surprised how many seats were already filled with 30 minutes to go before tip. That I think the 815 helped in some ways because it got people, uh, got them in there early. They were trying to beat the crowd and... Uh, I, what would you say? Is 80, 85% full 20 minutes before the game? I, they could have started that game at 745. Yeah. Crowd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they'd have been a factor at 745. Absolutely. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was legitimately full last night. Mm-hmm. I bet there were 15,000 people in their seats last night, Ty, at 745. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. And we're talking about the significance. Chuck, you made a good point earlier. I mean, you mentioned Nolan Richardson being there and uh, getting honored at one point. Um, you had, again, several of the players as well. Uh, Musk, it was kind of funny after the game. He sa- he had this to say in regards to his 100th win. Again, 30th anniversary of playing a game at Bud Walton Arena. Your team, your team won the national championship 30 years ago, and Musk got his 100th win last night. You know what? Hunter never gave me a ball now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I think at Nevada, Doug Newth gave me a ball with 100 wins. I got to check with Hunter on that. I guess he's been occupied of late. Been a little busy this week, Chuck. I I'll think, bet they uh, get him one. Yeah. I'll yeah. bet they get him one. Do at that point, but I thought that was a uh, an entertaining part of the press conference. He was what what he talked about in the press conference last night, which I found interesting. I didn't even think about this. They lose last night's game. They're five hundred. It was a. It, it, he talked about how it was a must win game last night. I didn't really consider last night a must win game just because of the caliber of opponent. But L. Ellis and Trevin Brazil kind of echoed that same thing in the presser as well. Well, you know, you wanted to win the game last night. And there are times, there are certain games that you need to win. You know, when you get Duke in your building, uh, you know, you don't get that chance very often. And you want to win that game. Just like when you get Purdue in your building for an exhibition game, even though it doesn't count, you want to win that game. And so, um, look, they're they're not going to win every game the rest of the season. But... I do think last night was one of those special nights when, I don't know that sellouts the term, but um, you know you want to make sure you're playing your best. You, you may not win every game the rest of the season, but I think last night proved you could 
you're going to have oh, a chance no in every doubt. every game. I mean, you prove like if you can beat those guys, there's no one left on your schedule you can't beat. I think we already knew that. I think that's right. I I, I think with this collection of talent, I mean, this is uh, you expect to win games like this. Mm-hmm. You don't just expect to you know have a good showing. Yeah. All right, let's go to the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Welcome in Charlie, who's in Camden this morning. What's up, Charlie? Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Chuck, good, how man. fun was that last night? Well, it was uh, a good time. It was a good time. You know, uh, when they're moving the cameras around, and I, I see you and uh, Coach D right there. It's, you, know, you know, I was wondering, you know, when it's funny when Musk gets upset because, you know, at the arrest about 100 times a game. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was wondering, you know, he, he is. I, I bet he tells all those guys, uh, all of his assistants, just hold me back. Because, man, he, he he can really he he he's always intense. He's always the same, and you gotta love that about him. Um, you know, you either love that or hate it. But for me, I love it because you know he's that way with his players. And heck, we're up what ten to thirteen, and L. Ellis takes a shot that he probably didn't really like. I think a step back mid range shot, and he slapped that darn he slapped that darn thing right in front of you. So. You know, uh, you know, he he he's just unbelievable. Uh, I was proud of the team last night. You know, it, to me, Ty, the reason it's a must win is because you look at that tournament resume at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna on there. It's gonna say best wins at home against the probably worst losses. You know, against UNC Greensboro probably, and so I think it's a tournament resume builder. It's gonna help them in the seeding. And and they did it without Tremont Mark, and I think that that's a big thing too. And the fact that they did it without him, and and the fact that he's okay, I, I don't know how long he's going to be out, guys. I know uh, Mark said something about his growing, but because we're going to need him. But uh, that's a big win, and 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 I'm proud of L. Ellis too. He was obviously in the slump, and uh, we need all these guys. We got a lot of talent. Uh, just got to keep got to keep working, put it together. Y'all have a good one. All right, Charlie. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will, I will echo a lot of what he said. I mean, it's uh, um, bus is intense. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, in football, you got the get back coach. Uh, this team, <laughs> this team's got the get must back coach. Yeah, and um, that's kind of a collective I'm effort. Always, I think. I'm always wondered if he actually got loose. You know, Doug Shiles isn't a small fella. Um, I don't think to have it may not go the way he, he would hope, but uh, yeah, he did spend a lot of time last night. Uh, Working, you know, Terry Oglesby and, and Doug Shouse are two of the top five in the country. Worked a lot of national championships, tons of Final Fours. So I'm not sure of uh, how much of those efforts he uh, he put on them uh, probably got through last night. They, well, uh, I mean, that's just part of it. It's part of the show, though. And it's just part of the entertainment that you get. Frankly, the, I'm always uncomfortable when we know, you know, when too many fans know the name of the referee because he ain't the show. And nope. uh, um, we, 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 we mention these guys by name a lot. Not that they're not worthy of that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that um, Must didn't do anything last night. He doesn't nope. do every game. That's exactly right. He uh, Evidently, the film session that he did uh, solely that he talked about this week paid off. And, and I mentioned this, I think, yesterday and leading up to this week. You had a coaching advantage last night. You can definitively say that when you played Duke two years ago, and it's hard to argue Coach K, his resume versus Muss's. But, I mean, Shire's a pup. I mean, he's his second year. 
and he may be he may get them a national championship at some point. But guys, Duke got out coached last night, and you look at, I mean, Painter got out coached. You you look at Muss's track record at some of the premier coaches in college basketball. I know, again, you you would love to have that win two years ago against Duke, but Matt Painter. I know Bill Self wasn't on the sidelines last year. Um, you think about Mark Few two years ago. I mean, he has beaten some of the better coaches, not just in this league like Cal and Oates and others, but really across the sport. Well, I don't think we should act surprised. I mean, that's what we hired him to do, and that's what he's done. Um, I don't I don't think there's any reason for Muss or this program or anybody else to be awed by playing anyone. I don't think Mush should be awed by playing Mark Few or anybody out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, um, this is a proud program. Our, I mean, it's a great program with good players, and there's no reason to be, you know, in awe of any of these guys. I expect Arkansas to compete with these guys in basketball. Always have. Yeah. I expect Arkansas to win games like these. Not that it's like you either do it or it's unacceptable. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying over the years, this is a great program. Wow. Arkansas wins games like this in basketball. And our coaches beat the great coaches in basketball. I mean, um, I remember a time, and it's this way now with other schools. When they beat Arkansas, they're saying, hey, our guy beat Eric Musselman. Just like back in the day, they said, our guy beat Nolan Richardson. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, we don't need to be awed by anyone anymore. Let's be honest. This is what we want our football program to be like. You, you take within an arm's length of what your basketball program is doing. This is, this is the appetite we have for football. That we're not getting satisfied. You know, we want to be well, like different things. I understand, I, but as a fan, you. you want this is the this is what the goal you're striving for is what you got with basketball, what you've had with baseball, what you continue to have with baseball is, hey, why can't we just have a, a, a just a, a piece of that for football? I mean. You're right, but but I mean I don't know what you want me to say. No, I'm they're, just saying that as, as they're a, very different animals. It, it's 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 a totally unfair comparison. No, I understand what you're saying. But that's but, the, but, yeah, that's the people, way the fans feel about it, though. No I, one I, fears I, us in football, and it's been a while since you yeah. can say that at this point. But let's they, just enjoy basketball without yeah. denigrating football. I, I mean, let's just enjoy the basketball win last night. Well, I'm not wasn't trying to denigrate anything. I'm just saying I think that's you know. The fans would love to have a, a, a relish, no a, a, a little bit of a taste of that in football from time Absolutely. to time. Absolutely. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com dining for reservations and complete menu items. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. 
BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet online. Where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Tom, I know there's been a, a whirlwind of news, and it's been hard to keep track of for you over at Whole Hog Sports and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, K.J. Jefferson um, kind of has gone under the radar a little bit relative to the Petrino and the win last night. Um, reports from 247 Sports that he plans to enter the transfer portal. Um, kind of your thoughts on what's been going on with the, the potential uh, exiting at quarterback or the staying at quarterback here at Arkansas. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, well, as KJ stated on his Instagram story, I think he was at the basketball game last night, so he saw a good one. That was an unreal atmosphere. Uh, Eric Musselman called it insane. Um, I think the thought had been since the start of the season that KJ wanted to go pro, um, but now, I mean, all you got to do is listen to what Matt Rule was saying, as Chuck pointed out, what uh, the price of a quarterback is, basically, um, and the fact that if you're a fourth, fifth round draft pick, and I don't know where KJ would be taken, that you could make more money, or at least comparable money, staying in the, in college. So, as he pointed out, he has not made a decision. And, and I, I just think that the money was on that he'd be gone one way or the other. But who knows? Maybe he gets enthralled by the fact that Bobby Petrino is here. Certainly, we'd, if you're him, you'd want to hear Bobby Petrino's pitch and Arkansas' stance and whether they want him to stay another season. He could put up some unbelievable passing marks if he did. What would it do to your quarterback room, you know, with, with Jacoby Criswell, with any potential guys coming in, K.J. Jackson and possibly transfers? I'm not sure. I mean, these are all things Arkansas and K.J. have to weigh out. Um, I, I would say the odds are that he, he doesn't come back, but I, I don't think it's yeah. a done deal. And Tom, how I'm sorry, and could Jacoby Criswell afford to sit another year as the backup somewhere? Exactly. Oh, there's a lot of calculus when it comes to what quarterbacks decide to do, and you're seeing, I mean, you're seeing veteran big time guys like Sam Hartman who have great success at a place like Notre Dame, or excuse me, Wake Forest, leave and go to Notre Dame, um, and other things like that, and so. You know, obviously it would be huge news if KJ left, but it certainly wouldn't be a, a big shocker because that's just the state of the game. Tom, how active do you think if, if those conversations have been had between KJ, Pittman, Petrino, whoever else, if he has decided to exit and just had announced yet, how active do you think they are in, in reaching out to a Will Rogers uh, or several other quarterbacks that are pretty high profile in the portal right now? Well, I would think that 
you you would reach out and say we have strong interest anyway, you know, to to some guys, to to ones who fit what you think you're going to be doing with, with the Bobby Vitrino system. Um, so, um, I mean, do they go out and try to see Drake Lindsay's interest? I mean, I've heard he's very, very strongly committed to Minnesota, but he lives right here. So, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of calculations to be done and, um, obviously NIL money to be discussed. And, uh, it's just the, the nature of the game right now. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel hotline. What was your personal reaction? And then, you know, as, as a as a journalist covering this team, what what did you think when the news started to build momentum that Bobby Petrino may and ultimately did return as offensive coordinator? Well, I got along great with Bobby Petrino. I mean, I, you, we've all heard all the stories, but in our settings, in press conference settings, a he answers questions. Uh, sometimes he, he might have answered him in a short manner, but he, he he showed up on time. He answered questions. Um, I had a few meetings with him in his office during his time here over things he objected to that I wrote, and we, we sorted them out. And I, I think he listened to me. And so, I mean, I went up to Springfield in 2022 to talk to him. Now, I didn't get a whole lot of time, but we talked a little bit after his press conference about coming to play Arkansas. I think he's always understood in his heart that Razorback fans, that the, the heights that he led Arkansas to were, you know, had not been done in, in, around here in a long time. And I think he understands how Arkansans feel about what his tenure was like. Um, I think his interpersonal relationships with people, you know, uh, uh, probably have improved since he was here last. And so, you know, these are all parts of who he is and, you know, at, at, at his age, he's like Sam Pittman. He's, he's getting toward the end of, of, of a good career. And um, I think I think giving back, as he said to, in his ESPN interview, giving back to the state of Arkansas some is important to him. And I, I don't know, I feel that. Yeah, and, and that's where I was going next. How, how much of that is... Uh you know truly on his heart do you think that hey the way i left things you know over a decade ago weren't good and it, it did set this program back that hey i i need to make a little restitution get this program back on its feet do you, you think there's there's part of that in the calculus with this decision from him personally i i do think that's part of it and um you know he's been around he's been to a lot of places you look at his background and i do believe that he felt like his arkansas years were you know some of some of his prime years? I mean, you know, he 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 helped take Louisville to some places it had not been very much too. So it's it's rewarding, and I think there's a certain part of him as a as a you know top flight you know um, competitor that if you have success in the SEC, it brings a certain more level of satisfaction to you when your offense does things against SEC opponents. Like going to, and winning at Georgia in 2010 in the cold-blooded manner that they they scored that last touchdown, uh, throwing a touchdown pass with six seconds left in the first half against LSU that takes you to the BCS, you know, to the Sugar Bowl. Those kind of things stick with you. Th- th- those are career-defining moments. And Tom, of course, you're getting a plane that's flying over Fayetteville, announcing you're welcoming back home at this point too. We're talking with Tom Murphy here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, I saw this uh, this stat yesterday. Um, I, I think Daniel from All Hogs had it, and I actually looked it up just to verify it. Do you know Travis Williams 
was a linebacker on the Atlanta Falcons when Bobby Petrino was a head coach. I mean, how crazy is that that these two, unless something weird happens, which I expect Williams to be retained, how crazy is that that he was once a player with Petrino and now they're going to be coaching alongside one another? Pretty wild. And I also think, and I haven't looked it up yet, but Bobby Petrino's tenure at Auburn um, overlapped, you know, him as offensive coordinator. I think Travis Williams might have been a player there, but I haven't looked up the exact date. They don't hold me to that. So, yeah, they could have two actual connections. Um, and I agree with you. I would I would really like to see Travis Williams and basically the entire defensive staff retained. But I, I think um, the success they had could be where, you know, they have to fight off, you know, people who want to hire them away. So uh, there, we'll see. I, I think there will be staff movement. It feels like it. Uh, but, you know, they made such great strides on defense. Um, and if they can rebulk through the transfer portal and coach up the, the ones who stick around, they have a chance to be just as good or better next year. Tom, good stuff. Great atmosphere last night at Bud Walton. Uh, we'll catch up next week and uh, get ready for, for another week that can't be as wild in our state as the one we're uh, going through right now. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, guys. Thanks. All right, enjoy your weekend. Tom Murphy. Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports joining us. I'm just glad it feels like when you're on the morning rush that, uh, you know, just working with me and Ty probably feels it's so easy. It's just relaxing like a day off for you. Well, it is. I mean, it is. I, you know, that was that was one of the things that yeah. was making Tuesday such so attractive was yeah. I knew that hey. Wednesday was going to be such a great day that, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. Working with me and Ty usually is for most. So. Had something. Yeah, to, what Clay understand. always said. So. Yeah. Uh, had something to look forward to. I, I saw Clay last night. He was, uh, he was at the media yeah, section. Clay was at the basketball game. Yeah. And you know it's a big game when Clay's there. He probably yeah. didn't get back to, you know, the woods till the wee hours. Yeah, I don't what know time if he, he stayed over or not. He probably slept in his uh, truck bed. That's what he's, you know, he took he brought his have. air mattress, you know, roughed it. Yeah, yeah, probably so. He's a rugged, he's a rugged outdoorsman. So I could see him doing that. Too. It was a late night. Hey, let me tell you hey, something. There's some people groggy today. There's some people groggy today as they get ready to go to work. We'll I, uh, I'm running on about two and a half hours sleep, boys. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm right there as, as ragged as anyone else yeah. is born. But I'll, it was worth it. Tommy asked me oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago, he was like, do you want to do the post game? I was like, well, if they win, it's like, it'll be great. If they lose, I want to hang myself and have to get up early. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll it was it. worth it because they won. It was worth it, 100%. Yeah. It was after one before my head hit the pillow. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that uh, going to be on a little extra cup of coffee, a little extra jet fuel this morning, that's for sure. So uh, yep. no doubt, no doubt, I'm one of them. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. It was awesome to watch him at points uh, really stymie Kyle Filipowski. Tommy, you think about last night. So Filipowski didn't score until like the six-minute mark when he finally knocked down a free throw. I mean, like Zach Eady, that's a National Player of the Year candidate, and you basically kept him scoreless for 15-plus minutes. Yeah, and Filipowski uh, in the first half wasn't much of an offensive factor as well. Now, he ended up being before the game was over, but, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he he had a much better second half for Filipowski than he did at first. So yeah, he had he had some stretches where he kept key players, um, you know, off the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, you, you see what Chandler Lawson did to Zach Eady, who was well below his season totals from last season. Filipowski again had a much better second half, was a little mm-hmm. more aggressive, but uh, sometimes you can only hold guys down for a half. But Chuck really impressed with Chandler Lawson last night. Well, they got Filipowski in foul trouble. That was mm-hmm. the biggest thing in the first half. And, you know, Musk talked about this on the pregame show. He said, you know, we're going to go right at him. He's not like Edie in that he's more of a stationary guy that, you know, is trying to block your shot and is the last line of defense. And But you're still going to go at him. And that's what they did. You look at the first half between Filipowski and the guy that came in for him young. I mean, they have five fouls on those two guys in a rather short yeah. amount of time. And that – uh, the big kid they brought in, Reeves, I think was his name. He'd only played in two games. He's a seven-footer, but he hadn't played. I thought one of the real issues last night, this was Duke's first road game. Roach is really their only veteran player out there who's been through the wars. I thought the crowd, the atmosphere, the first road game, the ball pressure, um, I thought all that affected their, their uh, particularly their freshmen. Yeah. yeah, no, you mentioned it because you, you played Roach two years ago in, in San Francisco when he was an underclassman and then to ch- transition to being the veteran last night with it being that game. Uh, even, I mean, I'll read, I'll read uh, John Shire's quote last night. He goes, I don't care if you've experienced, if you're experienced or not. I don't see many environments like this. It's a different kind of thing. I mean, yeah, Jay Bill is saying pregame, this is the loudest he's ever heard an arena before tip-off. I mean, that was, that was something special last night. And, Chuck, you said in hour one, that was more like the 90s than we've had to any game this point. Well, and, and look, people say the same thing when they go to Cameron Indoor Stadium. You know, um, the great venues say the same thing when you go to Allen Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. You can say whatever you want to about it until you've been the road team in that environment. You don't fully understand the advantage that they have. That's right. Duke will be better for playing at Bud Walton Arena last That's year. right. That's Just right. Just like Arkansas, um, in terms of you know what they've played so far, they'll be better for what happened in the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, you need those tight ball games, even if you don't win. Yeah, and it, I didn't think coming into the game, because of Duke getting everyone's best shot, that the crowd would really affect them that much. I think you're right, it did. But I thought the crowd, as much as anything, lifted the Razorbacks at points. 
Um, while Duke did have their issues, and they see a lot of great crowds in the ACC night in, night out, um, I thought the crowd also lifted the Razorbacks to, to a different level. No question. But, you know, Duke's got freshmen. No, and right. Yeah, I mean, Duke is a program. No big deal. But when you're a freshman, you know, and you've not done it before, I think it matters. And I thought it mattered with a couple of those guys last night. And um, I'm not saying that was the difference in the game, but I thought particularly with guard play, um, you saw that evidenced a few times. You had a couple uh – national college basketball writers actually also in attendance last night and they spoke to again just they go and these are guys that go all over the country our friend Aaron Torres who is in halftime every Friday just spoke the loudest he heard a basketball arena was when Caleb Battle knocked down one of those threes I mean that just that place was a powder keg last night if you're on the floor Chuck I was talking to one of my uh, one of my friends that gets a chance to sit on Gucci Row last night he said the floor was shaking I mean was it shaking last night as close as you were to the action? No, I didn't. I didn't feel it shaking. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe some some did. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel it shaking. Look, guys, crowds are great. I love the crowd last night. Um, but you know, we have been here before, and I, you know, I listened to Aaron and some of these guys. But these these guys weren't around in the nineties, and yeah. and I say very respectfully to, you know, yes. And I just said a minute ago, I, I thought the crowd played a role last night. Um, but but. Um, it's uncharted waters for the new generation, but for the old hands, um, you know, let's keep doing it because this is a lot of fun when you do it like this. And not every game is going to be like Duke. We're going to get into conference play, guys. We're going to play 8 o'clock home games, and it's going to be 12 degrees outside. It's going to be hard to draw a crowd like the one you had last night. But it doesn't mean that you can't be a factor every time they play, and I think they are. Yeah, no question. All right, last thing here in your hog update. I mentioned some, or we didn't get a chance to mention some departures with Chris Poo, Paul, Jordan Crook, some others entering the portal. You did get an announcement from Luke Haz that he's excited about year two. And um, Chuck, you had a chance to catch up with DJ Williams earlier this week on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. If there's anyone that knows about tight ends under Bobby Petrino, it's DJ. Oh, he does. Yeah, and I, I think I think he likes Luke Haz. Um, you know the the when you look at the portal, I mean, look, they're going to be guys that leave. They're going to be good players that leave. Um, when I look at what's happened so far, um, I did not expect Pooh Paul not to be back. But when you stop and think about it, he's probably never going to be more valuable as a football player unless he goes to the National Football League as a collegiate football player. If there was ever a time to test the waters, so to speak, the free agent waters. Um, this is the time to do it. The other guys, um, in one instance, you've got a guy that thinks he ought to be playing more. In a couple of instances, you've got guys that, um, you know, the grass is not going to be greener. So I think when you look at it on a whole right now, I think the pluses outweigh the minuses. Yeah. Yep. And we'll see more, again, additions in the coming weeks with the portal opening up on Monday to this point. That's going to do it. Your hog update. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Guys, did y'all hear about the big news of the Clydesdales yeah. coming to Arkansas uh, yeah. tomorrow? And uh, might as well get this going. Here comes the 
So, the Budweiser Clydesdales, everyone knows that commercial that plays around Christmas time or whatnot. They're doing photo ops tomorrow at Bob Walker Stadium, Tommy. I'm not going to be here. I I honestly might attend this because traditionally that is one of my favorite commercials around Christmas time each and every year. It's one of my favorite. When I go to a Cardinals game, it's one of my favorite when the majestic Clydesdales come in and trot around the warning track all the way around. It's one of my favorite parts of the experience, Chuck. Yeah, they don't do it all the time anymore. I was there for a World Series some years back, back when the Cardinals were good. And um, they had the Clydesdales <laughs> on the street there between the stadium and uh, the ballpark Hilton. And uh, I got pretty close. And I'm going to tell you, they're massive. Yeah. I mean, they are massive, massive animals. If you ever do the tour of the brewery, uh, one year in St. Louis, you can see where they live. And they, guys, they live better than all of us, I promise do they? you. Oh. oh, yeah, their facilities. They're worth a lot more money than <laughs> we are, too. <laughs> no question That's about true. it. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. You know, like Chuck mentioned earlier, I kind of thought the Arkansas Edge, the new NIL program, was going to take precedent on what we'd be talking about this week. And I thought Duke was, again, going to have a lot of impact, but the Petrino news superseded all of that. And not to just supersede that, but we got some news yesterday about K.J. Jefferson. It was first reported from Matt Zenitz and Chris Hummer that he was expected to enter the transfer portal and possibly land at South Carolina. K.J. then refuted that report saying that he had not made a decision yet to this point. He said he was at the game last night, or at least going to the game. I don't know. He didn't post anything after. He posted the win. But, guys, uh, typically when your starting quarterback is is in the midst of national news, it, it's a bigger deal than this. But we've just been so slammed with everything else, it's it's gone by the wayside a little bit as of yesterday. Yeah, and, I mean, as we've also seen, things can change in a hurry, and I'm sure – you know, when and if K.J. makes an announcement on whatever he's going to do. Now it seems like they announce not only when they're leaving, but also when they're coming back. So whenever he puts that out there, it'll uh, it'll be the top story there for a little while. So you've got some talented quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now. Max Johnson just recently committed to North Carolina to play for Mac Brown. Uh, Riley Leonard uh, is the Duke quarterback. He looks like he's leaning Notre Dame. Um, Braden McCall's the kid from uh, Coastal Carolina. You've got Will Howard from Kansas State. Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. Um, there are some big names on this list, and I think we're just getting started. Will Rogers as well. I think we're just getting started, guys. I mean, those are some marquee names in college football. Maybe not notable to a lot of our audience because they're not necessarily SEC outside of Johnson and Rodgers. But 
I really do. You said free agency earlier, Chuck, and I thought you were spot on because we're going to see more of this, especially at the quarterback position. Well, when you consider, as you know, Matt Rule said publicly yesterday, and as many have known privately for a long time, when your value, if you're good, is between one and two million a year, um, you know that's that's why these guys are testing the water. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just it's just as simple as it is. And the uh, kind of the old policy when all of this began way back when two years ago of hey you enter the portal <laughs> you're done with us you're dead to us at our program which a lot of coaches around the country have. They've had to soften that stance. Uh, you know, players will enter, and, and there will be more than we've seen before go back to where they came from. Maybe. Maybe. There is such a risk involved for these kids, and that's what I think that some of them understand and learn maybe the hard way, is there is a big risk when you're a marginal player. Uh, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And just because – the guy two doors down is being offered X number of dollars to come play for a school doesn't mean you're going to be. Um, if you're riding the pine one place, it's a pretty good chance you're going to ride the pine the next place too. And uh, that's not always the case. But at many of these positions, it is. And one of the things that happens, we've seen it, and I think we'll continue to see it, is you know you replace one guy with another guy that's about the same caliber. You know, lots of schools do that. Guy leaves. He thinks he can go play somewhere else. Maybe he does. You bring a guy in to replace him, and and sometimes you improve. There have been spots, for example, we've improved. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, too, you you basically make make an average for average trade. We uh, I, I got on this morning, and 247 and On3 have updated transfer portal pa- trackers. It's not the actual portal itself, but they have sources, they have updates, and as soon as they get it highly, I mean, they put them in. KJ is not on there as of this morning. I- I've thought for a couple weeks now, based on how this season has played out, that he is going to enter. I- I'm very curious, and, and like what Bobby Petrino, of the film that he's watched, of what he's kind of diagnosed, he got a chance to see him in person in Dallas. I'm curious to see what Bobby, and he's never going to say it publicly if he leaves, but like, what's going on behind the scenes between talks with him, Sam Pittman, and KJ, if they think they can make this work? Because you've got a veteran quarterback. I know it didn't work out with Enos, but I mean, we've seen KJ had success to a certain extent in this league, and I know I've said publicly before that I think it would be best for both parties if he's leave, but who am I to, to dismiss Someone, someone's offensive mind that's much more qualified than my own, if Petrino thinks it can work with KJ here, then I don't know why Arkansas fans wouldn't be all on board with that. If that's the direction that he and Sam Pittman want to go. Well, I think this is going to be KJ's decision, too. I mean, you're assuming, uh, and maybe correctly, that's that KJ's all in. Um, because here's the deal, guys. If he comes back and he's not all in, you're really in trouble. Because you're not going to keep what you got. You may not get what you want. Because there's not going to, you know, and you better have competition at that position. Um, So if he comes back, um, and I don't know what he's thinking. I'm going to be very honest. I have no idea what he's thinking. But if he comes back, he better be all in. If he's not, time to move on. Chuck, you've done this longer than about anyone. Uh, Has there ever been a year where it feels like at least there's more more at stake personally, professionally, for the program, careers, legacies, all of it the next year. It feels, feels like there's just a ton on the line. 
Oh, I think we've been at crossroads type seasons before, and but it's an important year. I mean, there's 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 no doubt about it. Now, look, guys, we've survived worse. So, I mean, uh, uh, we've had pivotal moments before. We've we've had the most important year in a while, <laughs> more than once. Well, I hear what you're saying. Yes, I, but, but yes, thinking, it's I'm an not... important year. But 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 I, I I think it's I think there have been other really important years too. I, I just think about it from Sam Pittman's perspective. If next year doesn't go well, it's likely the end of a of a lengthy and successful coaching career. If it doesn't go well, it could be the potentially the end of Bobby Petrino's. Um, up and down, but successful at times coaching career. For KJ, if it doesn't go well, it might mark the end of you know playing football at a high level. That's a good um, point. I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of people involved, and then you know, not to mention all the staff and in and, and not in the fan base, the program. But it just feels like there's more on the line personally because of NIL, because of it's a put up or shut up year for so many people personally next year. I hear what you're saying. I mean, I understand that. Um, you know, I, I I think, look, everything in terms of its importance has been magnified over the last 48 hours. Okay. And I think that, you know, all that's kind of pushed it to the forefront. Yes, I, I, I hear you. I think it's an important year for many reasons. Is it, um, you know, is it more important than where we've been a time or two over the last 10 or 15 years? I don't know. Um We've been in this spot before, and, you know, hopefully the results will be a lot better this time. But, you know, as dark as the day was coming out of the Chad Morris era, I mean, and and as much as you would want it to be much better following that Missouri game, I don't feel like we're in the same exact spot at at this point. Uh, You may be right. Yeah, you you may be right. But but I do know, and we talked about this, I don't know, it's all running together now on four hours sleep or three hours, whatever, but... um, there was a hopeless feeling with the fan base following that Missouri game and the announcement of Bobby Petrino for many at least infused some momentum and some hope back into people. You don't feel for, for that reason alone is the only thing I can point to. You don't feel as low as you did just a few days ago. Oh, I'm in full agreement with that. I now, you know, that's, 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 you know, I don't know if that ties in. Is it the most, you know, the the importance of next year? But yes, I, I I think there's 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 no question that people, you know, they were as down as I've heard people, you know, over the course of the weekend. And you know, there is hope to sell right now. But guys, you you got to go get players, mm-hmm. and it's not the same. Getting players is not the same as it used to be. Yeah, uh, you got to go get them, and that's really important. And if you don't have them. Uh, we've played a lot of highlights, and I think Bobby Petrino's as good as any of y'all do. But it's always been Mallet, Mallet back to throw, Wilson back to throw. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, guys that are big time quarterbacks in our history. Mm-hmm. You better get you a big time quarterback. They may have one. They may feel like KJ can do everything Coach Petrino wants to do. And if everybody's all in, then go get them. But if you're not, you better go get you one of those kind of guys yeah. who can make those kind of plays one because one that's the difference. Yeah, and I, I know you were obviously uh, consumed doing the broadcast last night, so you didn't spend time on the concourse. You weren't you weren't looking for a box of popcorn last night. But I was, I don't want to say taken aback, but I, I certainly noticed, and maybe you did as well, how many uh, BMFP sweatshirts, T-shirts, <laughs> were, were roaming around at Bud Walton last night. And I noticed that a lot of those fans were of – 
a, a little bit older age. And if you don't know what that means, kids, ask your mom. She'll tell you. You're not Bobby, uh, Bobby's my favorite Petrino. Yeah. Is that said it? But uh, that's what we used to always. But say I, I mean. I, you know, I, I don't want to say there were thousands, but there there were there were more than a well, few to notice last night. There are, and there were, and I understand all that. He's not the head coach. We got to get our offense going. Got to win some ball games. Um, let's not win the off season. Let's win the in season, and that starts with going out and getting players. Bobby Petrino can coach talent as well as anybody out there, but you better have that talent. Or he's, you know, he's 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 not going to average forty points a ball game. No, nope. without talent, it's just not going to happen. Last night was about, in my mind, um, it was about Nolan Richardson. It was about our basketball program last night. Uh, it was about our history with Duke. It was about the stars being out for a basketball game. Lots of people were there. I saw the shirts, and I think it's great. I'm all for them. But um, um, I sure was glad to see Nolan Richardson last and night. It's good to see and Scotty respectfully Thor- and respectfully. Those guys won a national championship. Yeah, well, they didn't just yeah, hope for it. And they I, won it. I, the guy I, that I, made uh, the shot was there too. And it was good to see Scotty Thurman, uh, you know, pointed out and put on the big screen. And I, and I don't think we, again, the the Petrino news is kind of taking this, this state by storm this week. But as the basketball team's buttered our bread the last three years, football team. Had 21, and last two years hadn't been good. So we need to make sure they get their, their just rewards and their just due after what happened last night, like you're saying, Chuck. I was a little – I mean, I, I whatever the radio conversation goes with our listeners is where we'll take it. But I was a little disappointed that no one really wanted to talk about Duke leading up to the game last night. And, and it seemed Oh, like I no understand one. that part. I understand that part. That, that's, that's, uh, um, that's completely understandable given what's transpired over the last 24 to 48 hours. I, I'm, I'm just saying that um, I've been around a long time. I've seen the good and the bad and everything in between. To me, the biggest deal of all was Nolan Richardson being in the building last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, our, that's our national championship, Coach, guys. Um, and, and, and we, in my mind, we don't have a whole lot of time left. Yeah. And we need to celebrate him every chance we get. Yeah, they'll uh, again. It's the 30th anniversary last night of playing the first game of Bud Wall against I think it was Murray State. Uh, this is the 30th anniversary of that national championship team. Tommy, you reference Scotty at this point. Um, I mean, this basketball team. It's like Musk said in the pre- post game press conference. The other guys said this was a must win game last night. And they got it against probably the most hated team in all of college basketball yeah. outside of maybe maybe uh, Kentucky or Kansas. You know, the it, Boston Celtics. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> Nick's fan talking. <laughs> either there, and you, you get you had time, you got there early. You can't help but notice those banners. And they gave out the commemorative national championship banner last night. And you look up there, and you see Eddie Sutton, you see Nolan Richardson, and you, you just wonder if someday Eric Musselman will will have the wins and the elite eights and the final fours. He's had the elite eights. You got to get to the final four. You you know you you know. You, Eddie Sutton didn't win a national title, but he got you to the Final Four. And you just wonder if someday Eric Musselman's name will, will hang up there next to Coach Sutton and Coach Richardson. It uh, It's certainly a possibility, man. It's hard to get there. Yeah. It was hard back then. I'm not sure it's not even more difficult now with point. all the things that coaches have to navigate through. Um, but he's, you know, he's our best chance since those two oh, guys. And, and no, any, that's no not question. even a conversation. you know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah I mean, no doubt about that. And, and I, I, think, I hope he has that chance. Yeah. Hope he has that chance. 
Chuck, you mentioned getting players in football. Uh, per Danny West, Sam Pittman and Bobby Petrino are going to visit. Uh, recent decommit, Courtney Crutchfield out of Pine Bluff on Friday. Four-star wide receiver, highest-ranked uh, player in your state, depending on what recruiting service you look at. Uh, Tommy, you brought up Drake Lindsey, who's playing in a state championship this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker White, who's also playing in a state championship. Uh, you referenced Mallet and Wilson earlier. Listen, I don't, I really don't care if you have a great quarterback, if he's from California, if he's from Arkansas. If he can play, he can play. But there is something to be said about getting an Arkansas kid that's grown up his entire life. You know, Lindsey and White are both legacies here at the University of Arkansas. I have parents and grandparents that are athletes. There is something to be said about potentially getting one of those two guys, Tommy, if you could flip them at this point. And I know he's not in the next class, but uh, or the next one after that, but you also got Kane Archer playing this weekend in that championship game uh, yep. opposite of White. And, you know, those are those are three high-profile names in our state that you know, not just the Razorback coaching staff knows about, but, I mean, look at Archer's offer sheet. Look at White's offer sheet. He's going to Auburn. I mean, that's where he's firmly committed right now. So, uh, to your point... You know these are these are quarterbacks that you know you gotta gotta go after because everybody else in the country is on them right now. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw that Evan Stewart, uh, former, I guess he's technically still an A&M wide receiver. He entered the transfer portal as of yesterday. So not just out of high school like Crutchfield, you got to go get guys that are in the portal. That kid from Florida International, I'm forgetting his name. He was outstanding against us. Had like 150 something yards. I mean, there's a lot of talent that keeps in that portal right now too, Chuck and. Um, I would guess Arkansas is going to be in the mix of that, especially uh, with this recent hire as of late. Well, I mean, it depends on your need. I mean, we talked a lot yesterday, and you were vocal about the fact, and I know others have been as well. I mean, you got to get Armstrong back. You like to have Tesla back. What about Broden? They don't, you know, you don't find a six-seven wide receiver on every corner. So you've 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 got to make decisions there on uh, you know what you can get, uh, how that affects the roster. I, I mean, look, if you've got X number of wide receivers, you don't go sign that number again, you know, at the expense of another position. So, yeah, there are good players out there, but there are also a lot of schools out there. All of them have different needs. Yeah. Hey, let me uh, tell you uh, for a moment about Vici Aesthetics and Wellness. I know we're reaching that time of the year where we think about losing some weight and shedding some pounds, and we all, well, come first of the year, I'm going to this, this, and this, and uh, get back at it. Well, why wait another month to get started on losing the weight you need to lose now? 479-343-8424 is the number for Vici Aesthetics and Wellness. Uh, Semaglutide and Teraziptide, they are FDA-approved weight loss-changing medications, and uh, they're available at Vici Aesthetics and Wellness. Your first visit will be with their doctors that are on staff. They'll make sure it's the right uh, program for you, and then they'll keep you on track with weekly check-ins as well. 479-343-8424. Call or text that number for Beachy Aesthetics and Wellness. You know, Glenn from Louisiana texting something interesting on the McCarty Daniel hotline. The idea of a college quarterback making more than his offensive coordinator, which in some cases might happen. I mean, guys, that is just... That's just the world of college sports we're living in right now, that that is a realistic possibility for some schools in college football. Here's the difference, though. That offensive coordinator's been making that money in most cases for a long time. Mm -hmm. That college football player's going to make it for one or two. 
This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.